Welcome to episode 1 of the 3 AM Fear podcast. The story I have for you today is about a happy family who had finally found their dream home. Or at least that's what they thought. With creepy letters that followed, this family knew someone was watching them, but there was nothing that they could do. Till date, this person was never found. This is the story of the Watcher House. Hello and welcome to the 3 AM Fear podcast. I'm Nikita Ferrao, mystery and thriller author. On this podcast, I talk about real crimes and real people. Due to the graphic nature of some of this content, listener discretion is advised. You can find the episode show notes on my website 3amfear.com. Let's get started. When the Broaddus's family bought what they thought was their dream home at 657 Boulevard in the affluent suburbs of Westfield, New Jersey, they didn't expect a sinister presence to come with the house. Mysterious and threatening letters arrived before the family even moved into their new abode in June 2014. Signed by the watcher, these letters suggested someone had been keeping tabs on the house for generations, and this person did not appreciate new guests. Built in 1905 colonial style, 657 Boulevard was perhaps the grandest home on the block. Priced at a whopping 1.3 million, this home was beautiful. This 3900 square feet home offers all the charm of the early 1900s along with modern amenities including a gourmet kitchen with stainless steel appliances and a finished basement. With its high ceilings perfect for gorgeous Christmas trees, big windows for abundant sunlight hardwood floors crown molding and what not the home has 6 bedrooms 3.5 bathrooms four fireplaces and two porches who wouldn't want to live here for the broaddus buying 657 boulevard was a dream come true maria broaddus grew up in westfield and the home was a few blocks from her childhood home Derek on the other hand grew up in a working class in Maine and then moved his way up the ladder at an insurance company in Manhattan to become a senior vice president with his salary he was able to afford this new house the broaddus along with their three kids bought 657 boulevard in june 2014 just after derek celebrated his 40th birthday the location was perfect for them It was close enough distance for Derek to commute to his work and at the same time he was able to give his children the life that they wanted. Also Westfield had some of the best schools which was an added bonus. I can't stress enough on how beautiful this location was for them or for anyone as a matter of fact who's looking to live in such a location. On 5th June, 3 days after they closed, Derek was at 657 Boulevard checking up on some renovations that were going on. He wanted to get a rough idea on what was happening and also what extra could he do. They had brought in workmen to do the renovations before they moved in. It was late at night and almost as if some sort of a reflex, Derek checked into the mailbox only to find a letter waiting for him. 
He was surprised as his family had not officially moved into the house and he hadn't told anybody about that and he had not even met any of his neighbors. So there was no one in particular who would send him a letter. Nevertheless, he got to it. The letter was encased in a white envelope, almost the size of a greeting card. To add to the suspense, there was no written address on it. On the envelope, it was written, to the new owners in big block letters. As Derek pulled out the letter, he found his heart thumping wildly. Inside was a typed letter that said, Dearest new neighbors at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. The letter went on to chastise Derek for bringing in contractors to change the shape of the home. The letter further identified the Broaddus' Honda minivan as well as the workers renovating the home. I see already you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk disc disc bad move you don't want to make 657 boulevard unhappy and if this was not enough the letter went on to talk about derek's three young children you have children i have seen them so far i think there are three that i've counted more on the way do you need to fill the house with young blood i requested better for me was your old house too small for your growing family or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call them and draw them to me. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look out of the many windows in 657 Boulevard and see the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the fun begin. Signed, The Watcher. Sounds creepy, doesn't it? Now we have to remember that Derek was reading this letter late at night, almost after 10pm. He starts to freak out and immediately runs inside to call the police. After multiple searches, the police are unable to find anything. They questioned Derek if he had any enemies or if there was anyone in particular out to get him. But Derek wasn't that kind of a man to have any enemies. Finally, when they reached a dead end, the police decided to leave. Derek rushed back to his old home where his wife and kids were waiting for him. After his kids had slept, he narrated the incident to Maria. Now Derek had already sold his previous home and so they were there temporarily just until he finished the work on 657 Boulevard. After an overnight discussion with his wife, 
Derek decided on calling up the previous owners of 657 Boulevard, John and Andrea Woods. The Woods were in their 60s and had sons who moved away. So they decided on selling 657 Boulevard as it was too big for the two of them. After selling their home to Derek, they moved to East Falmouth, Massachusetts. The letter had also mentioned the Woods, which meant the watcher knew about them and had possibly contacted them. The letter also stated that they had specifically asked them to send fresh blood their way, which in this case referred to Derek and his family, and the acceptance meant that they had listened to the watcher's demand. The Broadus's emailed the Woods and asked if they knew anything about the letters and a person called the watcher. They wanted to know if the watcher was telling the truth and that the Woods knew something about this. Andrea wrote back the next day stating that she had no clue who this watcher person was and why they had mentioned them by name but come to think of it she further recalled receiving a letter but because nothing followed they dismissed the idea the letter had arrived a few days before they moved out the letter stated that the watcher was watching them for years but because the woods never received a letter in the 23 years that they lived in their home They didn't give this one a second thought and wrote it off as a hoax. After listening to the story from Maria, Andrea agreed to meet with the detectives and tell them everything that they knew about the watcher. Detective Leonard Hugo suggested they keep this incident and the news about the watcher away from the neighbors as any of them could be one. Over the next few weeks, the Broaduses avoided the neighbors as much as they could. They kept an open eye when talking to anybody. and making sure that they watched everyone with equal suspicion during this period no more letters came and they relaxed one fine morning a contractor found that a sign he had hammered into the lawn the previous night had been removed and thrown out the broaduses freaked out during this time derek recalled giving another couple in the neighborhood a tour of their home as they were renovating The lady had remarked saying it would be nice to have some fresh blood in the neighborhood. Derek was shocked. 2 weeks later, Maria got another letter. This time the letter was addressed to the Broaduses although their surname was incorrectly pronounced. The letter read Welcome to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy and I have seen you unloading carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpsters are a nice touch. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time they will. More terrifying yet, the writer of the letter called each of the Broaduses kids by name, listing in the order of their birth. There even was a mention of their nicknames, which was not something that everyone knew about. especially because they just moved in i'm pleased to know your names now and the names of the young blood you brought to me you certainly say their names out often maria realized how many times she watched her kids play outside and yell out their names she had unknowingly given this stalker information about her kids and this was proof that he was watching the house and them The letter asked specifically about her daughter claiming she was painting on an easel. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. 
Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the watcher and I have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Produs's family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard. And now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. Derek and Maria were not going to move into 657 Boulevard after this letter. They decided to never bring their kids to this home and upset the watcher. The next letter came in July. It said, The house is crying from all the pain it is going through. You have changed it and made it so fancy. You are stealing its history. It cries for the past and what used to be in time when I roamed its halls. The 1960s were a good time for 657 Boulevard when I ran from room to room imagining the life with the rich occupants there. The house was full of life and young blood. Then it got old, and so did my father. But he kept watching until the day he died. And now I watch and wait for the day when the young blood will be mine again. 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It is coming for me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? It used to be my friend, and now it is my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring the young blood to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. I can't imagine being in their shoes. It could have very well been a prank, but this was next level. I mean, you just bought a new home, started with the renovations, promised your kids a big house, and now these letters. One letter could have been a freakout moment for Derek and Maria, but they couldn't ignore this and bring their children. That would be insane. 
because the brodesses had sold off their old home and they couldn't move into this new one they decided on living with maria's parents until they found a way out they had to pay the mortgage on the new home and they couldn't move into it on the sidelines investigation was still going on but the neighbors had no clue about this so while that investigation was going on derek and maria started some investigation of their own they started with the woods they wanted to know if there were multiple offers on the house it could have been anyone else maybe there was another prospective buyer who wanted to buy this house but the brodesses got to it first and maybe this person was just trying to scare them out of the house but the woods told them that there were only two other offers that were placed one of the two already found another house and the other one backed out due to some health issues now going to the letters the post was marked to kearney the us postal services distribution center in northern new jersey this person is a neighbor because it is not possible for someone who is always passing by to know all these things especially intimate details which were mentioned in the letters such as the nicknames of the kids the police and the brodesses agreed that it had to be someone who was always there not someone who came once in a while the easel on the enclosed porch was hidden from the street view by trees and a person would have to be looking from the side or right up close to see it the first letter was marked for june which was right before the for sale sign was made public the woods had never made a for sale sign so there was no way that any of the other neighbors or passerbys knew about the brodesses and the sale of the house however the contractors had come to work on 3rd june the same day the letter was sent so that meant the person had to be living there in that area to have seen the woods move out and the contractors move in this would have got the watcher to put two and two together and realize that the house was sold another man in the neighborhood had been talking to derek and giving him some information about the police this person had no idea about the letters or the police but in his conversation he said that the person living next to him and the brodesses was a little weird this person was peggy langford she was a widow in her 90s some people found it strange that her grown kids were living with her her husband richard langford had died 12 years earlier her son michael was in his 60s and was also described as a little weird he had no job and no one knew what exactly he did he was described to be having a long beard the langfords had their home since the 60s after listening to this derek thought maybe this could be the watcher family now as strange as michael was people thought he was harmless derek thought michael could be the one as he could see the woods move out and the contractors move in and from his house he also could see the kids with enough time on his hands michael could have easily kept his eyes open and heard maria call out the kids by their names when derek went to the detective with his concerns the detective mentioned that he had already interrogated this family and this person denied knowing anything now derek began his own investigation because the langfords were the only family who were there since the 60s so in order to prove himself he put up cameras outside his home and even hid inside after dark waiting for the watcher when the watcher did not arrive he even put something in the mailbox hoping it would catch the watcher's eye nothing happened 
The Broadduses even sent out a letter to the Langfords saying they were planning to tear down 657 Boulevard as a whole, hoping that they could get some sort of a reaction from them. But still, nothing happened. The DNA from the letters proved it belonged to a woman and that it did not match either Maria Broaddus or Andrea Woods. This brought about suspicion to Abby Langford, Michael's sister. Abby then was in her 50s. A private investigator hired by the Broadduses got a water bottle with Abby's DNA on it, but unfortunately that too did not match. The PI tracked down two sex predators close by, but they were males and their DNA did not match, so that path was also ruled out. Although the police ruled out the Langfords, Derek was somewhere somehow sure that it was them. He just needed some solid proof. One of the painters, a man named Bill, who was working on the home, said that the neighbors who lived behind 657 Boulevard would often sit out in the yard with two chairs which were close to his home. One day, Bill noticed a man in his 60s sitting alone watching 657 Boulevard. Derek brought in two retired FBI agents, one who served as the inspiration for Clarice Starling in The Silence of the Lambs. The other, Robert Lenehan, helped conduct a threat assessment. The profile suggested the fashion of writing said that this person was older and someone who liked to read. He also said that there was some real anger behind those words. The agent further added that even with this anger, it doesn't seem like this person will do anything to them. It was just not something that was there in that writing style. The agent also said that this person does not have anything in life put together. The reason for suggesting this is because the first letter was written to as Tuesday, June 4th, but June 4th was a Wednesday. There also seemed to be a lot of hate towards the wealthy, like this person did not want any of the wealthy people to move in and change what was already there. So this could either mean that this person loved the house so much and did not want to change, or he just hated wealthy people and how they like to ruin all the things that were around them. During this whole searching for the watcher phase, Derek and Maria were struggling financially. They had to sell their home and had no permanent place to live. At the same time, it became even more difficult for them as rumors started to spread about them through town. They had not told anybody about the watcher house because the detective told them not to. But now neighbors started talking and gossiping because these guys had bought the house but they were not moving in so they wanted to know why these people were not moving in and because Michael was interrogated he might have told someone that might have gotten the neighbors angry because now it meant that even they were suspects in this case. A real estate agent contacted Derek saying that someone was interested in buying this house. But there was too much speculation going on and Derek did not want to hide anything. So he decided to tell whoever wanted to buy the house everything about the letters. Maria and Derek did not want to hide anything. The Broadduses initially wanted to sell their home for a slightly higher price than what they had purchased for. This was to cover up all the renovation costs. But because the story of the watcher has now officially come out and no one was ready to buy, they had to forcefully lower their price. A brief information was given to whoever was asking for this house and serious parties were given detailed information about the watcher. They did not want to cheat anyone and get money. 
and because of this the house did not sell even when the brothers reduced their price no one was ready to move into 657 boulevard this got the brothers thinking they wanted to do right by themselves and to the other party who wanted to buy by telling them everything about the house and the watcher and whatever was happening with them but the woods didn't even if the woods did not receive a lot of letters even if they received just one letter they should have at least informed the brothers about this before moving in or before moving out even if they thought it was a prank it was their responsibility to mention to the brothers that something like this had happened to them and this was not fair so when no one was ready to buy 657 boulevard the brothers sued the woods for money this got their court case started now because they couldn't move in or sell the house they decided to rent out the place and this was not easy either because of their lawsuit the whole story had gotten out people started to speculate people started to talk they started spreading out rumors saying that something was happening and uh, somebody was getting blamed and in all this the mayor said don't worry there has not been a letter in over a year and that everyone is safe but the neighbors started whispering on who could it be when they couldn't think of anyone they finally assumed that it was probably the brothers themselves they thought the brothers didn't have enough money and so they sued the woods to get the money and this was a win-win situation for them they got a house they got the publicity they got the money unfortunately for the brothers someone posted this theory online now the brothers neighbors didn't know them because they hadn't moved in or mixed with any one of them so for them they were total strangers the cut did an extensive story and the reporter said that the neighbors were more worried about their property value going down than with the watcher torturing the brothers with time the brothers found a nice family to move in the family knew everything about the letters but they didn't mind the renters said that they have no problem with the past or any of the letters that had come in but he had the brothers add a clause which stated that if any more letters came in then they would immediately leave another letter came it was 2 weeks later on 13 february The letter was addressed to a spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife Maria. Violent winds and bitter cold to the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife Maria. You wonder who the watcher is? Turn around idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me, one of the so-called neighbors who had no idea who the watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and are too scared to tell anyone. good move the letter was less stylish and more wrathful than the others and it seemed like the writer had been closely following the story surrounding the brothers and their lawsuit against the woods they had probably seen the media coverage i walked by the news trucks when they took over my neighborhood and mocked me i watched as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the 657 Boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the watcher.
The letter also mentioned the renter which scared him. The renter was afraid but agreed to stay only if the brothers installed cameras for their safety. The letter indicated revenge could come in many forms. Maybe a car accident, maybe a fire, maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away but makes you fall sick day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet, loved one suddenly die, planes and cars and bicycles crash, bones break. After all this, no one wanted to move in. The Brodesses kept lowering their price until their house finally sold for $959,000. It is a lot of money but very less compared to what they had paid and how much they had put into their renovations. All the family said that they had no idea about this letter except for the one that the Woods got. Before the Woods, 657 Boulevard was occupied in 1913 by a man named William Davis who saved as a town mayor. After him, a few other families too, but none of them ever mentioned a watcher or any other letter. The Woods were quite old and had been living for a long time at 657 Boulevard. So if any previous family kids who once lived there would be adults now, if their parents ever received any letters, I don't think the parents would ever tell their children that I've got a letter from a person called the Watcher. So that meant that the parents died and the Watcher secret also died with them. In the original letter, the Watcher had said that his father watched the home and his grandfather too. So it could have been one of these original families. Or the Watcher could easily be lying about this. The watcher also knew about the walls, the floors, the corridors of the home, which meant that this person was inside the home a lot. The first suspect, Michael, was said to have had schizophrenia as a child. And because of this, he had a tendency then to creep around and scare new neighbors by watching into their windows. After questioning Michael, the police later told the Broadduses that they wouldn't be receiving any more letters. But how would they know that? Although a letter came much later on, how did the police know to tell the Broadduses that no more letters would come, unless someone promised them that they wouldn't send any more letters? In addition to this, there are so many facts pointing towards Michael being the watcher. His home was also close to the Broadduses, so he could easily see and hear anything and everything that was happening there. When the Broadduses brought their kids home, Michael could have easily heard them call out the names. Also talking about corridors and walls of 657 Boulevard, Michael had been living in his home his whole life. So if there were any kids in that home when Michael was a child, he too could have gone in to play with them. This would explain how he knew the interior of 657 Boulevard so well. If he was the watcher, this could also explain his obsession with keeping the house the same way that it always was. His childhood memories were attached to it. 657 Boulevard was not just any home. It was said to be one of the most desirable homes in the town. The watcher, in fact, had even mentioned about the home stating, 657 Boulevard used to be the street to live in. You made it if you lived on 657 Boulevard. With everything that was happening with Michael, Abby Langford accused the police and the Broadduses of harassing their family. She said that she and her brother moved into their home in 1961 and since then have never created any problems for any of the neighbours. Abby is also a popular suspect because she is a real estate agent and she was angry that the Woods did not give her the listing. 
there is also a possibility that she might have sent out the letters considering befriending Derek and then one, when he is in his vulnerable state he might give her the listing and tell her please try to sell my house but if this was her plan then it backfired in a very bad way the brodesses were very close to filing a case against the langfords but the police stopped them and said that the langfords were eliminated as suspects but they never said why One possible reason that comes to mind is that it could have been the mother Peggy Langford who was behind these letters. The DNA belonged to a female, but it wasn't Abby. It could very well have been Peggy. Also Peggy was said to be mentally unstable at that time. It could be possible that the police found out it was Peggy and didn't want to arrest a 90-year-old harmless woman. Either ways, the brothers never got their answer on why the police refused to pursue the Langfords. Something else that happened was one night when the police were staking out of the home a car pulled up near 657 Boulevard the police traced the car to a girl in the neighborhood the girl said the car belonged to her boyfriend and that he liked to play these dark video games during his free time and in one of these games his name was the watcher he lived in the same block as the brothers The boyfriend was then out of town and the police tried to get in contact with him. They even called him in but he never showed up and because he was out of town there was very less that the police could do and this also led to a dead end. And then of course there were the lawn chair people behind 657 Boulevard. The man was interviewed and during this he said he had a daughter who married a man who had lived in that home 657 Boulevard. The man had jokingly said that the watcher sounded like something he would say. The man could easily hear everything that happened in the house and so it could be a possibility that it was him. Some other trials the brothers did were the brothers even tried walking the block with a picture of the watcher's handwritten envelope. They had hoped someone would recognize the handwriting maybe from a Christmas card or from a letter that they had received but this was a dead end. It was around the same time the brothers received their first letter that another family on 657 Boulevard got a similar note from the watcher. The parents of the family had lived there for years and the kids were now grown up. So they threw the letter without a second thought just like how the woods had done. When the news about the brothers got out someone posted about this letter on Facebook but soon took down the post. By the time the police got to the family and confirmed the existence of the letter it was too late. the case had gotten too complicated and so even this matter was ignored the final theory that was said is that maybe it was the brothers themselves who were behind this whole watcher mystery but with everything that happened it is a little hard to imagine those people doing something like this this is because the brothers lost a lot during this turmoil it's not like they gained a lot of fame or a lot of money they lost a lot they had sold their old home they had to pay for the new one in addition to that they also had a lot of work done they hired a pi to find the watcher they set up security cameras they brought in fbi agents it was all too much of an expense for them especially if they were the ones behind this whole thing and not to forget everyone was just blaming them for it so they lost their reputation too in this whole crisis In the interviews the brothers said this whole watcher mystery was a nightmare for them one that almost destroyed their life If the brothers desperately wanted more money they could have easily completed the renovation of their home and sold it for a much higher price That would have been much better than creating this whole watcher identity crisis 
it could also very well have been a prank by a teenager or a kid or maybe a bored housewife just someone in the neighborhood who didn't want to cause harm but just wanted to send in but ended up spoiling someone's life this is just one of the theories that was put up this i can say with slight confidence because as mentioned before the letters were physically put into the mailbox and not posted and there was no written address in the neighborhood and because there was no cameras around at that time this person was one step ahead of whatever was happening ultimately the watcher was never found and this mystery remains unsolved to this date that's it for the day thank you so much for being here don't forget to follow me on social media especially instagram the links are in my description box You can also find the episode show notes on my website 3amfear.com. If you love reading thrillers, you can now check out my free ebook available on my website. Once again, thank you so much for being here today and see you next week. Have a great week and stay safe out there.